let's pray with me thank you father that your word has the power to change my life and today i give heed to it i allow it to go into my ears into my mind and then into my spirit i am a hearer of the word not and a doer of the word and i will never be the same after today in jesus name amen go ahead and turn in your bibles to numbers chapter 13 as i mentioned i've been a pastor here for um for over 20 years and in that time god has done has has used living word to do some amazing and sometimes impossible things and one of those uh times i want to tell you about that i really struggled with um with what he was asking me to do was about it was about four or five years ago that um every year we usually do a very large christmas production and um we kind of had that under a belt we kind of knew what we were doing um with that and so there was a lady in the church that had an idea for a christmas production and she brought it to us and uh we really liked it so i said go ahead and you know write out write out the script and we'll start working on it so she did that she came back what i didn't know is that she had taken a screenwriting class she had never done any kind of uh, theater stage um, writing as far as as far as a stage play and so when it came back it had like 60 scenes in it and so basically we were going to spend more time switching the set on the stage than we were actually acting and so there were it was it was really good we liked it but it was just not gonna not gonna work in its in its form. So we began to work on it. And long story short, we had always dreamed of making a film, making movies, <clears throat> but like the um, a low budget film in Hollywood, like let's say a micro low budget, no money film in Hollywood is like one to five million dollars. So. Um, so that was kind of like impossible. That was not something that we pictured ourselves doing, if, if you get my drift. And so in this situation, and we had a few thousand dollars that was set aside for this stage production. And so as we began to start trying to morph this screenplay and this film script into a stage script, God started kind of nudging, um, and, and the, the thought, it was, at first it was a thought, hey, what if you did a film? with a few thousand dollars <laughs> okay so now let's try to get it back to the stage and um and so it kept kind of nudging me and so i started um i started asking some of the people on our teams you know like so what do you think about you know almost like they were going to laugh at me like i was laughing at myself you know what do you think if we did a film that'd be awesome that'd be great um and then so uh so it's like um okay and i'm thinking these people have no idea you know um, that we actually can't make a film, but it's this thing that keeps that keeps bugging me and bothering me and 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 nudging me. And so um, after people after time after time of confirmation, here here's the, the honest truth is, I knew it was a big project with a very small budget. I understood that. And, and by the way, I'm talking about our first film, Another Chance, uh, and and it uh, it won film festivals. We uh, we we made a a decent film. And it won film festivals. We did really good. Tons of people. We showed it here. Tons of people gave their lives to Christ. You can buy it in the bookstore. This is not a commercial. I'm just saying. 
but um, the uh, so basically the bottom line was I knew it was a big project with a small budget I had no idea that we could not do it I didn't know we couldn't do that and so we did it there's a, there's a story about the bumblebee did, they say that it's actually impossible for a bumblebee to fly when you measure his wingspan and his weight and all that kind of stuff it's impossible but he doesn't know that so he flies and that was kind of the way that it was with us is we didn't know and so as we began to move on um, we began to see how big of a project it was and so we moved on just out of pure uh, nudging by the Holy Spirit slash ignorance and so we got there and I didn't see ourselves like I said before I didn't see ourselves making a film and as we got in and saw how huge and how monumentous it was, we had some of the same people that said, yeah, that'd be great, that'd be great, coming back going, um, this is nuts. We can't do this. And so I had, to, I had to go back to the Holy Spirit and just ask, so what's going on? I feel like you asked us to do this. I wasn't aware that we couldn't do it when you asked us. That would have been a good thing to tell me when you asked me to do this. And so... Um, the Holy Spirit began to speak with me and talk with me about how I viewed, first and foremost, myself. Did I see myself doing this successfully? Did I see myself that way? And the, um, and the answer was no, I didn't. I kind of thought, we'll try, but then once we got started, it was we were all terrified we were going to make another awful Christian movie. Because let me just tell you, there are a lot of them out there and so we were we were uh there was a place where we were just we were just really terrified and i had to sit down and close my eyes and begin to read the word and meditate on not only the word and what the word says about us and that we can do all things through christ who strengthens us and read portions of the bible like gideon where it was actually it it was impossible and then god made it more impossible and then god went back and said no it's still not impossible enough and made it more impossible, and he said, okay, now. And it was like, oh, okay, I kind of feel like that right now. And so there are places and there are times in our lives when God drops dreams and things in our heart, and we look at them and we sense them just long enough to be terrified. And, and so have you ever, you ever told a joke and nobody laughed? You ever tell a joke and while you're telling it, you're wondering if they're going to laugh? That's like terrifying. And then there's a place where you can kind of like say something you think's funny, but if nobody laughs, you can keep going and it's not embarrassing. You ever been there? You're like, oh, I thought that was funny, but I'll just keep talking and nobody, nobody says anything. We can live our lives thinking maybe that we might do something great with no risk. We can live our lives where... Um, uh, there's, a, there's a cartoon where Charlie Brown shoots an arrow into the fence and then goes back and paints a bullseye around it. Oh, I did something good. Hey, guys, look. That was my plan all along. And then there's a place where you paint a bullseye that's impossible that God... Let me tell you something. When God places a dream in your heart, it's usually terrifying. If it's not... It might just be you wanting something cool. And so we've all had those moments, whether it be 
um, remember when your child was born and you held them for the first time? It's like, I, I have to keep this thing alive. It's like another human being that I'm responsible for. That's terrifying. It's wonderful and, and amazing and terrifying all at the same time. God drops a dream in your heart to raise a child that is, the, uh, that is like the, an arrow, as the scripture says, an arrow in the hands of a warrior. Somebody that's going to make a difference in the world that they live, live in. And so um, the, all of us have things in our heart that we feel like God has called us to do. And sometimes we don't realize it's God. It's just an, an amazing, insurmountable, seemingly impossible dream. And I'm here to tell you that a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times, those things are God because you wouldn't come up with that. How you see yourself must line up with the dream that God's put in your heart or you'll never accomplish it. How you see yourself must line up with the dream that God has placed in your heart. I want to be an amazing father. I want to raise a son that impacts the world. The world doesn't impact him. That's the kind of father that I want to be. Now, I'm not trying to, to live through, uh, to live my dreams through my son. What I'm doing is trying to be the best father that I can be. But the question is, regardless of what yesterday was like, how do I see myself as a father is how I'm going to be tomorrow. There, there are certain people that they have taught. We all have different tolerance levels as far as so um, some people, if the bill is late, okay, life is coming, uh, you know, life is unraveling, something's going on, there's that. And then there's people where the, when the lights turn out, okay, now they've shut off the electricity, so now I'm going to have to do something different. And then there's people that their bottom of the barrel is being evicted. And then there's other people that we all have different tolerance levels for different things within our lives. And the question is, what all of that starts up here and what God has said about us and what we believe about ourselves. So how you see yourself must line up with the dream that God has given you. There is, uh, but so many times, the way we see ourselves is dictated by our past, what people have said about us, by experiences that we've had. So... Um, there's a, the way that they train elephants is really, really interesting. When an elephant is a baby elephant, they will put a stake in the ground and tie that elephant down to the ground with a very, very small stake. But the elephant is very small, so it can't pull that stake out. And it learns that it can't pull loose from that stake. And so after a while, that baby elephant will stop trying. And then when that elephant grows up and is full grown, it is held in place by an extremely small stake that it could pull out of the ground easily. But it's conditioned and how it understood and how it learned what its limitations were when it was small dictates its limitations when it's huge and it's powerful. And can I tell you that many, many, many of us, the dreams that God placed in our heart, he didn't give that to you just to tease you. He didn't do that just to be cruel. He did that because you're a huge, powerful elephant, and you can pull that stake out of the ground, and you can do that. But by our families, by our upbringing, by past experiences, by how you've spoken to yourself internally for, for years, if not decades, 
All of that is that stake in the ground where you limit yourself. As a pastor of 20 plus years, I'll tell you what, um, over and over and over, if, if I could take people that are struggling, if I could unscrew the top of their head and just rewire a couple things to where they could see their actual potential and then screw it back on, tomorrow would be totally different. And so that applies to me. It applies to you. That elephant... Um, That elephant was created to be powerful. It was created to, to, uh, to do whatever it wanted at that size and not be staked down with a small stake, and so are you and I. And so there is a place where God has placed dreams in our heart, and we um, are not accomplishing them. And we are not fulfilling, and it's, and it's purely because we don't believe anything that I don't accomplish is not because I can't. It's because I believe I can't. Humans prove that all the time. But there's good news. And so we're going to go to the Word of God. We're not the only ones to experience that. I want you, are you in uh, Numbers chapter 13? We're not the first people to struggle with this. The Israelites struggled as well. So in, in uh, Numbers chapter 13, the Israelites are God's people, and they, had, they were in slavery. They escaped slavery um, by miracles. There were, 12, there, were, there were plagues that occurred. God uh, did amazing miracles to actually, and they all saw them, to escape slavery. They go across the desert. God um, opens, the, um, opens the seed to, to help them across, destroys the enemies. He feeds them. Uh, manna comes down from heaven every morning. Quail comes down. Water comes out of a rock. I mean, it is amazing the things that happen in their lives that they see as being God, and then they quickly forget the next big challenge that comes. Has that happened to you? When you look back, you think, God did that, God did that, God did that, so why am I worrying about this right now? They dealt with that same thing. And so... Moses, they come to the, to, the, um, to the promised land. And what happened is while they were in slavery, there were people that were evil that were there that were worshiping other gods. And they, they were basically squatters on the land, and they were there. And so they got there, and Moses sent 12 people, spies, into the land for 40 days to check it out and see, okay, can we do this? He's kind of like feeling it out. So they go, they come back, and what happens is that 10 of them, or two of them, Joshua and Caleb, both say, you know what? They're big, they're there, but we can do it. Look, remember what God did? Remember what he did here? Remember he fed us, um, you know, out of the sky? Remember he, the, rock, the water for millions of people came out of, the out of the rock? He did all that. He can do this. The other ten said this. In verse 32, they said, so they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through, we explored and will devour anybody who goes to live there. And the people we saw are huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. 
the entire, the, the strongest military power in the world annihilated with no effort from these people. But there are some really big people over here. There is a grasshopper mentality. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. They saw themselves as small. No matter what God did in the past, they looked at their future and it was terrifying. I don't know that we can do this. The grasshopper grasshopper mentality is how you define yourself. How do you see yourself? When you come up against challenges, when different things happen, you know what? God has made you, He created you to be an overcomer. He created you and gave you authority. If, If you are a Christian, you've accepted Christ as your Lord and your Savior and you follow Him, He gave you the Word of God, which is powerful as a two-edged sword to to speak to things and to create things within your atmosphere and within within your sphere of control. And so He has given you those things in order for you to happen to your world, not your world to happen to you. But how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as subject to everything around you? Do, Do situations in your life, do situations in my life seem hopeless? I don't know if that's going to work out. I mean, he even put a clause in there that anything that even God turns around evil for good. That even when things seem like they're lost, guess what? They're not. But we forget that so, so quickly, no matter how much God has done for us in our past. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh, so is he. As you think, so are you. So you want to be a different person tomorrow? You want to be a better person? Do you want to accomplish more? Do you want to to affect other people's lives better? Do you want to get over yourself and all your junk so you can actually help somebody else? As a man thinketh, so is he. Or are you a grasshopper? Are you an overcomer? Are you a grasshopper? Most people define themselves either by their limitations or their possibilities. Which one do you define yourself as? When you look at a situation, are you immediately go to your limitations? The risk factor, what could happen? Or your possibilities and who you are? But people of fear wake up every morning and think about the limitations, the problems, and the fears. Is that us? People of faith should wake up thinking about their possibilities and who God made them to be and the infinite being. Here's the thing is, God is infinite in his power, in his wisdom. He lives on the inside of you. He's the engine that drives you. He's the, in, he's the, he's the, the actual living force that lives on the inside of you. So what does that make you? If I'm in a car that can go 160 miles an hour, how fast can I go? If I'm in a car that can go 160 miles an hour, but I'm afraid to go over 15, I was behind that guy this morning. (laughs) God wants every believer to be confident, positive, and victorious. 
there's a different, big difference between fearful people and faithful people. Fearful people, the fearful spies saw themselves as grasshoppers. And, and listen to this, they said, and that's how they see us too. You think they had an interview? Excuse me, could you, could you help me with how you see me? How do you see me? Am I, you know? And so they actually, but the truth is that later on, here's what's interesting, is later on in Joshua chapter 2, so long story short, God gets ticked. And he's like, fine, none of you guys are going in, and I'm, and, and I'm going to wait. You go back into the desert until you all die off, and I'm going to have a new generation. Other than Joshua and Caleb, the two people that said, yeah, we can do this, we, they had to wait till every single one of them died off. And a new generation came in that had no preconceived ideas. And so they left. All the, all the, all the fearful people died. Joshua led these people in, and they sent spies in again to check everything out. And they go in, and they meet this lady, and uh, in the process of kind of like figuring out what their strategy is going to be to take over the land that God gave them, they meet this lady, and listen to what she says. Um, so before the spy, or this is Joshua chapter 2 and verse 8, if you're right, taking notes. Before the spies laid down for the night, she went onto the roof and she said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and that you did and what you did to a couple of cities, the two kings um, of the east who you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. They, they saw themselves as grasshoppers and they assumed that everybody else saw them that way too. But what was the truth? They were terrified. All they had to do was walk in and go, boo. That was it. But they were terrified. What is in your life? Then in all honesty, you can't see it. It doesn't make any sense. But because of the power of God that's on the inside of you, the infinite power of God on the inside, that the dreams that God's placed in your heart that seem terrifying, but the truth is you show up and in the name of Jesus, boo! And a movie's made. but it's all about, so do I see myself like God sees me? Do I believe him that he placed the, the, the Holy Spirit on the inside of me? Do I really believe, we, you know, we believe that the Holy Spirit is infinite and powerful and, 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 can, and can do all these amazing things. What sometimes we have a hard time doing is thinking that he will do it through us. That we take out, we, we take out that step of faith, and we'll, what, but what if I fail? And people laugh at me. Failure is only when you quit. When you're on the ground because you fell, that's not failure. Robert Kiyosaki, um, uh, in, in talking to business owners and entrepreneurs, say that usually I think it's the first three businesses that an entrepreneur uh, starts fail. 
So he said, you better get started failing. So let's, let's go. But we're so afraid of that failure. We're so afraid that we won't succeed. And that comes from a grasshopper mentality. So how do we get rid of that? How do we actually move on? So number, the first thing that we've got to do is we have to remember what God has done. They totally forgot all of the amazing things that God did. Can I tell you, I mean, just simple things like in my generation, one out of every three pregnancies was aborted. Out of every two of us, there should be one more. It's a miracle I'm even here. Wow. Okay, so let's start there. That I'm even breathing. You know, that, um, and, and as I go back through my life, I can see all kinds of miracles and things that God did that so quickly I'm super, I'm, I'm super excited about. And then I forget and I focused on the issues at hand and what I've got to go through and the insurmountable things that are going on. And so, um, how often do we forget if the Israelites had just remembered? Can, you, can I tell you the people that were terrified of them? They remembered. It was on the forefront of their thoughts because they, they had the grasshopper mentality too. Both of them are terrified of each other. So, but what, what the, people, the, the, the people that lived in Canaan, if they had actually just crossed the river and all these millions of people would have laid down and just died because they have that grasshopper mentality, both sides terrified of each other. You know what? If, if the Israelites had just remembered, so what, it, so what has God done in your life? What has God done? Where have you been where he's come through for you? We forget so, so quickly. And so it's so important to be grateful and to remember Jesus um, in the Last Supper when he, he gave them the bread. Do the, he kept saying over and over, do this in remembrance of me. Don't forget. Don't forget what I'm getting ready to do for you is the biggest miracle ever. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't, he kept telling them over and over, don't forget. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. What has God done? Secondly, who are you? Remembering not only what God has done for you, but who are you? How you see yourself has to line up with the dream that God has given you or you won't accomplish it. Who are you? Romans chapter 8 and verse 15 says, You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. He now calls you, and you now call him Daddy, Abba, Father. You've been adopted by the Father... And you can now call him daddy. My, uh, my son, Josiah, is adopted. We brought him home when he was three years old. And can I tell you that, um, I'm sorry, three years old, two days old, where that came from. We brought him home when he was two days old. And um, can I tell you that um, I forget he's adopted? 
I forget. Now, he's got a different skin complexion than I do, so it's not hard to figure that out. But, but I totally forget. And if I had another son that, uh, that was actually blood, can I tell you that I wouldn't treat one different than the other? They would be the same. I wouldn't love one more than the other. One wouldn't get a, big, a bigger allowance than the other. Um, I, I, would, I would love them absolutely the same. Do you realize that God adopted you into his, because, not because of what you did or you were so cool or you're such a cute baby, but because of what Jesus did. You were lost, without a family, dying, and Jesus sacrificed himself so that you could be adopted as his brother. We see, you know, when, when you're talking about God and the Godhead, you got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we kind of just see them all as God. But you know, I have a different relationship with my brother than I do my father. And the Bible says that, that um, now I'm not equal with Jesus, but I am equal heirs, joint heirs with Jesus. Now, this isn't blasphemy. This is the Bible. I am joint heirs with Jesus. I have the same access to the Father. I have the same inheritance. I have the same Holy Spirit that he walked the earth with. I have that same Holy Spirit on the inside of me. Okay, so now, if I could just encapsulate that and put it in a pill and we could take that every morning, what would your day be like? Knowing who you are, that you're a son of the king, you're Jesus' brother, equal heirs with him. The same power. Jesus, when he was on the earth, he said, you can do the same things that I've done and more. Wow. That's almost scary that you have that much authority in the earth. And yet we wake up and we think about the fears and the limitations and, and, and we tremble. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen with this and I don't know what's going to happen with that. God, please help me with this and God, please help me with that. Side note, a lot of the stuff you're asking God for, he gave you the authority to take care of through his word. God, please do this, please do that. Even as simple as, please bless this food. Stop it. This food is blessed. Jesus just spoke to the fig tree. I'm his brother. Got the same authority. He gave it to me. I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. None of that. Who are you? So, to remember, unless you change the way that you see yourself, you'll never be able to accomplish the dreams that God gave you. And the way to do that is to remember what he's done for you. Remember who you are. And then thirdly, is to know your worth. Uh, where's my mulch holders? Go ahead and come on up here. Mulch holders. All right. What is a piece of mulch worth? How much? Who's, who's a landscaper? Ben, how much? How much is land? How much is mulch? Like typical. Twenty-five dollars a yard. Now, a yard is like a pickup truck. A tractor bucket load full, like one of those big um, things. So, and you get twenty-five dollars for a whole, a whole yard. So, 
how much is this piece worth? Pretty much nothing. I mean, if I tried to sell it to you, if I'm like auctioning it off, you know, are you guys looking at it? How much is this worth? Nothing. Now, what if I pull out a $20 bill and tell you I'll give you 20 bucks for every piece of mulch that you bring me? A, I'm nuts. B, now suddenly, if somebody decides they're giving away mulch or they're, they're buying up mulch $20 per piece, now what's mulch is worth? But now what is mulch worth? Why? Somebody's willing to pay that for it. So let me ask you a question. Not how, how, do you, how, how valuable do you feel? How valuable do other people say you are? Not even how special you are. I understand the whole thing. We're all snowflakes and there's no, no, there's no same thing. All these mulches, they're different. Look, they're different. They're special. They're worth. How much was paid for you? How valuable are you? You're only as valuable as somebody would pay for you. What was the price paid for you? What was the price paid for you? Jesus. You're worth Jesus. That's pretty humbling. It's hard to even accept. That's hard to even let in. That that's how much you're worth. Jesus left the earth. And he entrusted his entire ministry to us the whole thing now he was either psycho or he knew something we didn't know and he keeps trying to tell it to us over and over and over and over in the word which is that you're not worth what other people say about you you're not worth what you even think about yourself but that is a limitation that he wants to do huge, amazing things. That's why he dropped those dreams and those things in your heart. That's why he did that. But we, but we forget to realize what he's done in the past and that we're his brother and the father, son, and daughter and the fact that we're worth the, the price that was paid for us and that not only are we appreciative of that, but that actually determines what our worth is. When you walk out of here today with those three things in mind and you start your week this week, I just want to encourage you to continually remember, go back and remember that what you think about yourself, if you can't see yourself like God sees you, you can't accomplish the dreams that he gave you. So just stop sometimes and close your eyes. In fact, let's do that right now. You guys can be seated. Just close your eyes. As hard as it may be, you know what? Even as undeserving as we are of what God's done for us and who we are that we're His children and, then, and, and what the value that He placed on us, we're totally undeserving of any of that. And that only matters to you, not Him. 
Father, in Jesus' name. I thank you for your word today. I thank you that something on the inside of us flips because we're able to just for a second stop and see ourselves and our potential and our value through your eyes and not through the filter of our life. I thank you, Lord, that today families are healed because we change how we see each other. I thank you that hearts are healed because we change how we see ourselves. I thank you that businesses change, that financial situations change simply because we believe you and we trust you and we have the courage to act upon it. In Jesus' name. If you guys would stand real quick. Listen, everything that I'm talking about today, I'm talking about being God's children, about having that life as a son or a daughter of the king. God offers that to everybody. Not everybody accepts that. And can I tell you that um, that's not just a prayer that you say. That's a situation where you realize I, in and of myself, am without God, without the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, and without God's help, I am lost. And I am helpless. And I give my life in its entirety over to you, to be Jesus, your brother, and a child of the Father. And so today, if you do find yourself lost and you have not made a decision for Christ, or if you're to die today, you're not sure what would happen, you just find that that hole on the inside of you and you know you need to make things right with God today with every head bowed and every eye closed if you're here today and you know you need to get things right with God look I'm not going to bring up it in front of everybody embarrass you or anything but I would like to know who you are if that's you and you need to get things right with God today I just want you to slip your hand up right now opportunity to slip by. All right. So it looks like we're all we're all good. So you guys can look up. I want to challenge you this week. Do put something um, on your way out. Probably maintenance is going to be really mad at me. On your way out, grab a piece of mulch. Go out there and grab a piece and just put it in your pocket. This week, just as you put your hand in your pocket, you just kind of feel that and realize, oh yeah, I am infinite. I am the possibilities, the dreams that God had placed in my heart. I remember what he's done for me. And I know who I am. And I know my value. And then look at your problem and look at your circumstances and look at your potential opportunities. Maybe they're not even problems. Maybe they're just opportunities that are that are it's a little scary look at those with that perspective amen amen well you guys can be seated thank you so much for being here and hopefully that blessed you